Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Um, today, I'm very fortunate to be sitting down with Anthony Lister, who's an old friend of mine and a uh, very successful contemporary Australian artist. How you going, Anthony? I'm very well. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thanks uh, for asking. No worries. Thanks for coming on the show. It's uh, It's been a while between uh, conversations between you and I, so it's um, I'm grateful for you to give up some time and uh, have a chat. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tom. Anytime. <laughs> you sound very serious. Uh, I was uh, thinking about it earlier today, and um, like back when I, when I first met you, and um, and that was back in two thousand and four. I worked it out, and it was uh, while you were doing a residency at, at Blender Studios. Um, was that the first time you started uh, moving around Australia and uh, out, and you know painting outside of Brisbane and meeting other artists? Yeah, it was around about that time. Um, I guess maybe two thousand two. I was was maybe my first visit to Melbourne, and that was during a a group show with um, uh, a couple other artists, Ben Frost and recently included. And then, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it was early days for me. I was about 23 and had um, had two kids in my pocket already. Jeez, started young. Yeah. yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, they'll be getting old now. Yes, they're very old. Older yeah. than me, they would act. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... Was that around the same time you you uh, got the Metro Five Gallery Art Prize? Was that like um, around the same era that you were um, when you first came to Melbourne? Oh, you know, I don't know if I actually, I I don't, I didn't think I won that prize. I think I was just hanging in that show, but it's been listed that I uh, that I won it, which is actually false. So I'll fix that up just there. Um, I think Ben Quilty actually won that year. But I did do a painting of um, Francis Bacon, and no, it wasn't that time because I was already showing at Metro by then. But I don't speak of their name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, like, so did you go to art school, or are you you're self-taught? Yeah, no, I, I did um, four years at Griffith Queensland College of Art before or before I went to um, New York in two thousand two. Um, so I went to New York before I even went to uh, Melbourne um, and then did a mentorship with uh, Max Gimblet, the old uh, gestural painter. Okay. And so like what sort of stuff did you learn in art school? Because a lot of like, you know, a lot of the people that we know, like none of them went to art school. They just sort of learnt from, you know, doing graffiti and hanging out with other artists. Like did you, did you can you think back to those times and think about um, things that you learnt in art school? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think um, I learned much as far as technique goes. I mean, you, you just have to look at my work to know that. Um, but I did kind of learn about the language of talking about uh, making pictures and uh, and also, you know, the canon of art history. Um, pretty much those those two factors were key in really persevering in the uh, in the art uh, you know industry, I guess, in the gallery game. Yeah, like do you do you remember what first got you interested in art? Because like you know, you, you know, as a kid, you're skating or whatever, and hanging out and being a kid, and then you know, that's I know for me, like I ping ponged around different careers before I um decided to go down the art path. Do you, do you remember what got you interested in that? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I mean, I was just constantly bored. You know, I I grew up in a you know a, a kind of a big country town and. Um, I was just constantly bored and my, my major influences early on were my, was my grandmother primarily uh, because I would stay at her house when um, 
you know, I'd stay at my dad's for the weekend and he'd drop us at my grandma's and she would kind of just put paper in front of us. And that's where I, you know, she, she was a painter and she had a painting studio in her back of her house. And that's where I would, you know, eat off um, placemats of really old Australian painters like Arthur Street and, and um, uh, you know, pictures of Banjo Patterson and whatnot. And uh, so I, I grew up watching her painting and talking about her paintings. And so I think it was that that led me into drawing, which led me into eventually painting when I was about 16, 17 for the first time. Yeah. And what what, what sort of paintings were they? Did, do you, can you see a resemblance between the, the, the stuff you do now and back then? Like was it um, like an innate within you, like a style or anything like that? Uh, you know, yeah, you'd probably be able to pick a few bits and pieces, but I'd never show them to anyone. I do have photographs though. And uh, they were of, you know, me and my brother in, in the mushy fields with uh, cows around us picking mushrooms. Yeah. 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 Do, you, do you remember the uh, first time you ever sold a, a painting? Yeah, uh, I remember, yeah, I do remember the first time I ever sold like a significant a painting for like some real money. And I remember it was this lady that owned a burger store or something in the valley and she um, – she somehow, I mean, I'd been painting boxes by then around my hometown and uh, somehow I got into, we were talking about selling a painting and I said, uh, for the two paintings, I said, oh, that'll be three. And she ended up um, giving me $3,000 instead of 300, which I expected. And, and which I, I assumed that she would think three meant 300. So I was blown away and I remember stashing the money in my kids' nappies and uh, just tripping out that like I made three thousand dollars off a couple of paintings. Yeah, did that? Did that like um, really motivate you to say I'm gonna take art seriously and I want to I want to do art? Or were you already thinking like that? I was I was already thinking like that, but um, I never probably since the first show because um, I thought you know I was 21 and uh, I just I mean I was I had this I know maybe 22 I had this six month old kid. And um, I thought like this show was going to change the world or something, and I didn't, I didn't understand like how long of a journey it would be. Um, and at that show, I kind of, I learned that that success wasn't going to be uh, rated by the amount of sales that I made, uh, you know. And so from that point on, I never, I never, I never graded myself as far as what money I could earn as far as how successful I was, if you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but as far as like choosing it as a, a profession or something, I mean, I just knew that I wanted to do something my whole life that I, um, that I wasn't going to get bored of or that like, you know, I wanted my life to fit around me rather than me fit around my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, did you have a day job back then? I can't imagine you ever having a day job. Yeah, right. Now, fuck you, Dom. <laughs> no, I had terrible day jobs. Okay, so I started when I was 10 working at um, a chemist uh, that my mum used to work at and I used to wash up, you know, the dishes and, you know, crush the boxes and, uh, you know, dust things on Mondays and Wednesdays for one and a half hours. And I, I did that job until I was like 13 and then I worked for a, um, the fish and chip shop next door to the chemist. And then I got a job trolley pushing at Coles and then I moved from trolley pushing to the meat hall and then I went from that meat hall to uh, another fish and chip shop and I went from that fish and chip shop to stacking shelves, went from stacking shelves to delivering pizzas, delivering pizzas to door-to-door water sales, all the time on the weekends working for my dad, like 
you know, like shoveling sand and shit, you know. Uh, and I did not have a job till I was 22 and I had a kid and I just jumped, you know, I was just like in the game of making art and, and you know, getting paid for it. So I just rolled with that. And I remember sitting on my back steps and calling up Coles and just being like, oh, I'm not coming in. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to have to do a shit job anymore. Gee, I eat my words. You've had a yeah. few, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I worked some real pain ass shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it shows in your work, like the work ethic. Like it sounds like, you know, you, um, you were a hard worker in your younger years and you, you continue to be a hard worker, you know, throughout adulthood as well, you know. Um, yeah, because uh, like I was like looking at your stuff the other day and you've, you've exhibited like all over the world. And um, like... Like, what's your, your your technique and work ethic been to get to get known globally? Because it's a hard thing to get known globally. You can get like local fame and all that sort of stuff, but as far as you know, reaching um, audiences around the world, you know, you've done a really good job of that. Have you got like a technique worked out, or have you just you just go head first into it and hope for the best? Yeah, I, I, there's absolutely no technique, and I don't. Um, I, I really don't know. Hold on one second. But uh, I guess, yeah, I just totally went uh, straight at it, like just head first and um, just was really po- really positive, just have tried to maintain a real positive uh, attitude and not uh, fuck anyone over, you know? Yeah. And just I've just tried to really, as much as I can, not paint over anyone and not, uh, you know, not talk about anyone badly and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a classic board, that dude had. Cla- yeah, cla- yeah. Claws grab key, whatever dude's name is. This is. That's the famous Zap, Zap of Sydney. Oh, yeah. Fresh. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, word. Zap Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so, like, um, sorry, get, getting back to this. Like, I lost my train of thought there. Can sorry, you, No, that's all good. It's, you know, it's life, eh? You know. Um. Can you can you track back to where your like uh, your style came from? Is like a collection of your like your influences, or is it like based off your own innate creativity? And you just sort of like you know it has just developed over the years. Yeah, um, it's it, I mean it's just developed. I always wanted to. I, I never wanted to have to use a tool, you know, outside of my hand or my brain and my eyes. So I kind of never. I, I train. I tried to train to myself out of needing you know anything outside of something to, to scribble with and um i also i also thought early on that i wanted a style that if i became um, handicapped or lost my hand i could try to kind of do it with my other hand or maybe even my foot um you know i wanted to uh i wanted to free myself of style in order to uh you, you know just operate for a long time so i don't really feel like i have a style and I know I sound a bit fucking Bruce Leeish or some shit, but it's true. I kind of just try to go with it. And, um, I mean, of course I've been a big fan of comic books, you know, um, uh, uh, God, I can't remember the names of the, of the artists now, but, um, you know, uh, of course, uh, painters like, uh, you know, Basquiat and, and Brett Whiteley and, um, uh, De Kooning, um, you know, uh, you know, painters on, on the street, everything's kind of informed me. Uh, it's almost like that, that psychic subconscious, uh, ability of, 
uh, recalling without knowing it's inside you. Yeah. So it's like innate. It just it just fl- flows out of you when you pick up the tools, though. Yeah. Pretty pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, was there was there a, a painting or an exhibition or an art sale that you felt really boosted your career? Um, well, everything everything's enhanced, you know, my my education and my experience. But one thing, well, I don't know. I mean, okay, so I went to New York when I was like mad young, and then I came back, and you know, people in my hometown kind of took me a bit more seriously, you know, and uh, and then when I moved there with my two kids and like you know got a house and all this shit and. Uh, you know, mid mid twenties, and uh, you know, had to deal with going to going to jail and shit like this with no one to help me. And so I guess then it's sort of, you know, it, it, it everything added to, um, you know, people's confidence. I guess in my ability to perform under pressure and uh, and still make you know good work. But I don't feel like I've made made it big at all. You know, I'm just kind of um, regular dude that just wants that, that's just making. Um, paintings um that you know i want to make better paintings than i make and uh uh you know they're not objects to me they're kind of they're just skins on on a wall that i you know that i fuck with until until they let me go yeah so you, you mentioned you got locked up like what 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 happened in uh, new york for you to get in in trouble oh it was ridiculous man i mean i was just drunk and walking around with a can and um you know, I just got pinned for it, and then the the cop just went around town and looked for, you know, went around my neighbourhood and looked for more tags of mine and found them and kept coming to my house and t- trying to take me to jail. And uh, I think he did, I went twice, like consecutive Saturdays, and then the next Saturday he came to get me again, and I just didn't answer the door. I stopped answering the door on Saturdays. Yeah. So yeah. you have to go to jail or something like that. Well, you know, you just go to like downtown um, lock up for like thirty six hours or some shit. Yeah. And um, yeah, that happened twice, which was a bit, you know, it's just boring. You know, you're just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, like I like they're really strict over there. I remember being over there in like two thousand and three, and um, I was with a guy that had had no ticket on the train. Oh, we hadn't yeah. even got on the train. We went through the barriers. It was four in the morning because the trains are twenty four hours. Yeah. And he has followed me through the gates. Yeah, and the cops like you know roughed him up a bit and, and locked him up for the night. <laughs> it's like yeah. bloody hell! It's like four in the morning, man. Let it go. You know. Yeah, it, it depends on what mood they're in, you know. But um, yeah, you can get done for skating on the sidewalk. You know, you get done for anything in New, in New York. Yeah, I think that's how they clean the city up because you know it was it was in a bit of shit in the late seven, you know, in the seventies and early eighties and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Got to do well, something. So I hear. I mean, it looked it looked great, uh, but I, I I guess you know, you know, you can't have violent people roaming around the streets being idiots. No. Um. So you you were also in trouble recently, like in in Brisbane, were you? Like I was I was away, like I was on holidays, but I caught glimpses of it on on social media that you were going to court and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. Um, that was a that was a bit crazy, a bit stressful actually. Yeah. Um. I still owe. I mean, it cost me seventy eight thousand dollars in legal fees. Bloody hell! I still owe twenty grand. I'm gonna fucking work out how I'm gonna sort that out. But you know, I, I pleaded not guilty, um, just kind of, just because I didn't feel like I did any willful damage. You know, the things I drew on were um, they weren't worth as much money as, for example, if 
the owners had to rip them off and tried to sell them, you know, and I don't mean to be, you know, um, pretentious or fucking uh, cocky, but like that's just like that was the, what my lawyer was pitching at him and I ended up getting um, off. Uh, I ended up getting uh, charged like guilty, found guilty, but no conviction. So I can still travel and stuff. But if I had been found uh, with a conviction and uh, and guilty, then I wouldn't be able to travel. And that's kind of my whole game over. Yeah. Gee, it's pretty tough. Yeah. What, what was it? Just some, um, was it just paintings or drawings or was it like street stuff or? Well, yeah, there was one roller door that was a bit, you know, there was like 14, um, uh, you know, 14 pieces of evidence and then that got shut down to like eight and then that got shut down to like four. I think four pieces was what I got snapped for eventually. But, you know, it was more, uh, it was kind of a win actually for the whole you know, the whole um, public art, you know, and public intervention, freedom of uh, creativity and shit because at the end of the day, you know, it just, it, it seemed ridiculous that I was being charged at all and, um, you know, for the, for the same the same city that, like, encouraged me to do, um, you know, public art in the first place, uh, for them to turn around and say they wanted to put me in jail for it was just, uh, you know, it just shows how ironic and... Uh, the contradictions, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty uh, strict up in Brisbane, aren't they? That's yeah, yeah, they'll get they'll they'll really come down on you. Oh, yeah, compared to Melbourne, I mean, it's you know, you shake a can, you're a criminal. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. So, um, so like you, you most uh, mostly paint the human form. Like, uh, where, where do you normally look for inspiration? Like, what sort of people do you look for? Oh, okay, uh, you know, big hair, fancy hats, um. <laughs> That sort of thing, um, expressive, expressive body language. Uh, I, I, I'll, I do these like live drawing nights where I invite a bunch of, um, you know, men and women, usually women, to um, sit around and take their clothes off and um, and uh, and I draw them with a bunch of people, which is good fun. Yeah. So, um, like, if you I take, you've met a lot of colourful people over the years throughout your art. Colourful people. Yeah. You know, like like lots of uh, people come to you wanting to be painted and things like that. Oh gosh, wanting to be painted and things like. Well, I guess so. Sure. Um, yeah, sure I do. Sure I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. It's great. I got uh, I got this thing going on at the moment where this guy is um, swapping me a painting. He makes video games, and uh, and he's swapping me a painting for this um, for making a video game of like me painting, which is pretty crazy. Cool. Is it for like um, iPhones and stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. Can you still see my video? Yeah, yeah. All right, so it's like this. Uh. Oh, cool. She's going to be doing all this crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Whatever, I mean. Sorry, listeners, you missed out on that one. No, it's all right. And here's one for me the other day getting fucking... Yeah, make this up a bit. That's gone dead. Oh, I can't see. Yeah. Oh, it's not there. Okay. Oh, I can see. Yeah. Oh, it's because the flash is not there. Yeah. So this is me getting fucking searched the other day. Bloody hell. I know, right? You're, you're a cop magnet. Don't say that. <laughs> Sorry, I take it back. I take it back. Turn the magnet around and then, uh, you know, it pushes yeah, it's them away. <laughs> it's just around the corner, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing, 
No, I wasn't even painting. I'd paint on me then. Yeah, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like I was looking at your bio today and you've had over 40 solo exhibitions. That's a bloody, that's a bloody lot of work. Like, like, how do you go about producing that much work? Cause like I was, I was looking at that. The thing I found only went up to 2010 and you had, you had like 35 or something like that. And then I looked at your um, website and you had all these, um, you know, newer shows. And I thought, ah, between 2010 and now you've got to have more than, more than six shows so yeah. i'm 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 being like you know you know i'm cutting it down a bit by saying 40 yeah really Shit. yeah uh, well look i mean you're really making me seem really old now tom oh man you're younger than me <laughs> joking <laughs> yeah um well i like trap well I, that, i'd be lying if i said that um i don't know what to say i'm uh, i'm sorry don't be sorry it's good you know, we we want we want to see your art. You know, like do you like do you? I take it you produce your paintings quite fast. Uh well, I mean, relatively, yeah, I guess so. Well, compared to someone that you know, if if you think about, it, there's artists out there that spend like a month on one painting. You know, yeah, I couldn't right. think of anything worse to be honest. Like I, I tried just... it the other day, oh, the other month, and it did my head in. I just <laughs> I spent a month looking at it, <laughs> and it probably about uh, four hours actually painting it. <laughs> They're the words that came to my mind, did my head in, because um, I wouldn't, uh, I mean, there are some paintings that I've been working on for years, but they'll never be finished, you know, like, they kind of get dabbled with every now and again when I when I see them, if, if I let them, me see them, because it's really, it's better off that they're just put out of my mind, because there's some things you can deal with and, and you know, and uh, and battle with and uh, and solve, but there's, there's some things there's some pieces that are just haunted with uh, with uh, this incomplete demon. Yeah, I know that feeling. Have you like yeah. I see see behind you? You've got like you know you've got about ten paintings on the go at the moment. Is that how you always paint? Like you um, staple the canvas, like cut the canvas up, staple it all to the walls, and then just work on a whole bunch of paintings at one go. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good way of doing yeah. it. And do you always um, uh, cut cut the canvas up like that and uh, staple it onto the wall? Uh, yeah, I have done for a long time now. Ever since I kind of moved to New York, only because my Brooklyn studio was a bit smaller, and um, and I had nowhere to store them after I'd pull them off the wall, so I just left them on the wall, and I'll just get you know eight paintings deep. You know, it'll turn like a rings of a tree. Yeah. Oh, what? So you just staple them over the top of each other? Yeah. That's pretty cool because I, I do the same at my studio, but I, I've only got enough room to hang three three paintings at a time. But uh, I always take them down and just roll them up and shove them in the corner. You know, I'm thinking one day I'll just uh, unravel them all and hopefully there'll be some stuff I like in there. Yeah, that's 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 what I hope for. <laughs> yeah. So you you work with um like white background a lot on your on your canvases. Like I've I've been doing the same. Like, do you, do you prime yours first, or you just buy a primed canvas and and just paint straight onto them? Oh, it depends. I used to um, I used to buy unprimed and prime them, and I feel like that I get a nicer effect when I do that. But um, sometimes it depends on what city. I mean, I just I'll just get you know pre-primed, um, you know, uh, cotton duct type canvas. Yeah. And then um, yeah, and then I just I just go at it from there and I try to you know use different materials and different orders so they don't crack over time 
Yeah. And like with with the your your style of painting, like you you paint really um you know, it looks like it looks fast and like you're just flowing out the lines in that. But do you like consider every line? Like take time to think about it and then you just go in and and actually paint fast, but you've put you know the time the slowness into it has come through the thought process. Oh, well, definitely I consider every move, um, but I also try to um, not consider any move, you know, and uh, and I try to not look at it until uh, it wants me to look at it, you know, because there's a certain amount of flexibility and um, tolerance one needs to have for the disobedience of, you know, wet matter and, uh, and painting and the combination of form and shape and, and colour um, in order to really, you know, see the forest for the trees from the trees. Yeah. So, um, there's a, it's quite a bit of just meditative, um, um, instinctual mark making. Um, but of course, you know, there's a, there's that second before you, you hit the water that you say, Oh, I should have my arms out. And that's kind of like me painting. Yeah just about to hit the water and, oh, oh, you know, so I'm just trying to land right. Yeah, yeah. So do you prefer to work uh, in the studio or on the street? Um, oh, in the studio, I guess I'd say, only because in the street, uh, um, I mean, I, I love working on the street. I just, um, if I had to pick one, I guess, you know, it's easy to be nude in the studio, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess in the studio you can be uh, trapped to a, med- a medium, like always painting like uh, on canvas or something. But you know, when you go out out on the streets, you can have like a variety of services uh, surfaces. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, but really, I mean, you know, as you'd know, when you skate, it's like whether you you're riding a you know a vert a vert ramp or um, a set of three stairs, like you're still skating. So. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. apply yourself to, to whatever you're at. There's different feelings, different comfort, comfortability zones for different places. I guess in the street it's almost like padding up and going and riding, you know, a vert ramp because, you know, pressure's going to be on, all the girls going to be there looking at you skating it's Sunday afternoon and, you know, you don't want to, you know, you, your performance, you turn up because you've got a, um, you know, because you've got an audience. But, um yeah, at the end of the day, it's a bit more exhausting sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Do you still skate? Oh yeah, not not vert ramps anymore though. Yeah, I remember um, uh, going to Param with you years ago, and you had yeah. a banged up old board, and the whip the bearings were really like rusted, and you dropped in on the vert ramp, and it's yeah. like your body like couldn't the board couldn't keep up with your body almost, <laughs> but you still made it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah, it's classic. Great, Believe yeah. it, that's a big ramp, man. You just walked straight up there and did it. I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty blown away, man. I didn't realize you were such a good skater. And then, uh, after skating with you a fair bit, I was like, man, kills it. Oh, legend, thanks for it. Smart ass. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Nah, nah, it's all good. It's all good. You, you do your thing. You gotta be the, you, you know, if you can do it well, do it. Um, so with, uh, like, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, so getting back to like uh, gallery work and all that, like you've exhibited all over the world. Like, um, how do you go about getting involved with overseas exhibitions? Um, 
Well, geez, I used to do it a different way than I do it now. Um, I guess I used to try to meet the galleries, the galleryists, you know, the people that that are operating it, and uh, and try to show them my work, you know. And I guess early on, um, I don't know how I got the galleries I got, but I just persisted, you know, like in LA with New Image and um, you know Lazaridis in London and uh, uh, Jonathan Levine in, in New York and. I mean, I just I just persisted, and I would just send them emails, and I guess that's where like a lot of my time went early on, and it's kind of you know, uh, it, you know, it cost me so much, but it also gained so much out of it. You know, like I mean, this whole practice and shit. Um, you know, I guess you'll see when that movie shit gets made, but it's um, it's cost me like everything that I I loved, you know, including you know myself and you know my family and. Everyone's everyone's had to pay for my um, for my practice. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, saw that um, being mentioned online. That yeah, you, uh, Eddie Martin's making a movie about you, isn't he? Like documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've known Eddie for a while. He's, I'll have to try and get him on here one day. That should be uh, quite interesting because he's always made uh, pretty you know hard hitting documentaries with with. Um, you know, the one on the Pappas brothers and uh, and Gizzo and everything. Yeah, yeah, he um, he's definitely the guy for the job. If you if you want a good doco made, yeah, not necessarily if you want to show you, your mum, you know, <laughs> no, you know, no, or your kids. But um, Eddie's yeah, he's hung around for the last couple of years, kind of feeling me out, feeling me up, and um, not really, but. Uh, yeah, he's kind of he's gotten I've gotten very comfortable with him, so it's it's a bit bit of a risky time right now because he's he's actually coming down here next week to do some filming, and um, I'm very comfortable with him, you know. So I think actually it might be an honest betrayal. Yeah, from the looks of his uh, other documentaries, everyone else is you know being really comfortable with him as well. They've opened up a lot, and you know it's made for a, a really good documentary. Yeah, pity uh, pity they're all tragic fucking stories. Oh, well, you might be the first success story, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the stories aren't over for any of these subjects, you know. It's just a, it's just a um, stage of their lives, you know. Actually, I was thinking about that, and um, I think that they are a bit over as far as their careers go, as far as their passions for what they were being made about at the time, you know. Like, Jizo was this kind of, you know, graffiti train painter. I don't know if he's still painting trains or not. No, and, uh, and then uh, Taz was a you know pro skater, you know skating vert for the world. I don't know if he's still skating pro or not. Yeah, he's still skating. He still gets the old guest board out, but uh, but he's still skating though, and he's still progressing. Yeah, but he's yeah okay. So well, you know, I guess I guess the thing uh, that I was thinking of was that maybe I'm going to be. I think maybe I'm a bit different in the sense that my career is kind of. It doesn't, I mean, knock on wood, uh, you know, it's not, kind of, it's not inhibited by, um, by the fact that, like, you know, it's a, cri- it's a crime or that, like, it's, um, you know, it's a sport that I'm going to, like, not be, you know, able to do. So I'm, I'm not really sure how he's going to end this film because I feel like those other films kind of just end today. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, chin up, mate. Don't, no, I don't want any tragedies here. <laughs> <laughs> All the tragedies have happened, mate. You're looking at it. Oh. Um, 
like, do you make a living solely off uh, your art sales, or do you also get paid for like public murals and um, other creative endeavors? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess just through like making paintings, really. Don't yeah. I don't really count where they are. Just so like, make them. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't do like art projects and things like that to generate cash. You just make your paintings and sell them, and that's and that's your sole income. Kind of thing, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm doing a little job right now for um, for Mercedes, and I'm actually working on it right this second. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then um, uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, I'll do a little job here. The it's not ever for for money as much as it is just for you know for sake of making work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you, you're like you've ever since I've known you, you've always been like drawing and doodling. You, you're still the same, I take it. You're drawing right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just like get bored a lot, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, um, like thinking back to the younger you, like, what advice would you give yourself, like, looking back at the start of your career to what you know now? Oh, wow, great question. Um, what advice would I give myself? Um, I'd say be um, be uh, I'd say um, I'd say start playing the piano more now. Yeah. So yeah. You, do you play the piano? I try, but I'm not very good. Yeah, I went to your show in London. You had the piano in there. Oh yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah I made that one. Yeah, that was nice. I like how the, the keys are all mixed up. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've built four of those pianos so far. Yeah. Have they sold or, or they're, they're just for uh, the show? They're just for shows. I mean, they are, you know, one of them I saw recently when I was in Berlin at J-Bo's studio. He took me into his studio and he's like, oh, this is your piano, remember? I was like, fuck, you actually kept that? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so do you have any uh, like projects in the pipelines? Like any future plans? Well, I got that film thing with Eddie, but that'll be over the next couple of years. And then um, I actually I go to Barcelona in a couple of weeks for Volcom because I just done a range of clothes for them. Oh, nice! Like a season for them. Yeah. So I go to Barcelona and then go to uh, Austin, Texas, and then go to Mexico City, which nice. is all just like launch parties and shit. Go there, set up a studio and you know, um, have a launch party, whatever that is. Yeah. They're all good parts of the world. I've been to all yeah. of them. I've never been to any of them. Haven't you? So, I, used to, I used to live in Barcelona. It's bloody, bloody good. Yeah. I remember, I remember you used to uh, frequent that and I've, I've never been ever. Um, last I saw you was probably in London when we did that collab with Discreet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I sucked that day. <laughs> no, you didn't? I remember where were you? You're in the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, Austin's so good as well. I highly recommend it. It's like Melbourne, but American. Yeah, I hear Austin's dope. Like that's where Vulcan got their major, um, I don't know, big factory that they're they're bumping into, and there's some festival on or some shit at the same time. But I've also got a show. I think I'm working towards a show in Miami in like March next year, and then um, in Sydney in September next year, and New York uh, also next year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Got a, got a fair bit on. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it though. Like I'm kind of, you know, I'm just trying to um, trying to play a role in my kid's life, and uh, that's actually heaps heaps more work than 
painting at the moment just because painting stole me for so long. It's a, it's a difficult run. Yeah. So you seem to be exhibiting a lot in the uh, in the states. Do you think like um, you know that time spent in New York has really uh, helped you break into the US market? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, any time in, in the states has helped me help me out. Um, but I don't. I don't know. You know, I was kind of we were on it early on before like kind of the internet and shit. I remember going to magazine stalls, uh, news news agents, and um, you know finding the editor's name and their their email, or even before that, I remember finding their postal addresses and like just sending them shit, you know. And uh, I sent Jeffrey Deitch shit all the time, and uh, I don't know if that at all paid off or played out, but it um, that's that's how I used to have to activate making contact. And I remember doing it from a very early age, or at least from a very early stage at my my whole getup. And um, nowadays, it's just so easy to reach out. I don't know. I don't know how I'd apply myself with the amount of potential that, you know, social media has these days. Like if I if I wasn't in the position I was in now and hadn't done what I'd done to get here, then um, I'd feel like there was a lot of opportunity to make contacts now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, but it's, I think it would be hard for people starting out now, like trying to get their, um, you know, trying to get their foot in the... Uh, in the door, like, because there's, there's such an oversaturation of um, all people going for the same thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, but uh, I guess it's always how you, how you define yourself. You know, skating's changed so much. It's, it's all about um, ingenuity and, and um, you know, invention. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what I've loved about making paintings and being a, an image maker is that, like, at any point – you could just change your name and change your style and do a whole nother whole nother thing as in, in you know in a new in a new vernacular of this uh, of whatever part of this you know industry if you want to call it and I, I, I kind of adapt that to the street too like when I'm out these days only because I don't want to write my name everywhere only because you know some you know I'm known and shit so I'll just have different different names you know and different tags and it's, that's how I hide my multiple creative personality disorder yeah it's i think it's good having a multiple creative personality disorder <laughs> you yeah. know, it mixes things up you know yeah i agree you know it farms that that fertile um you know uh, environment for a good healthy schizophrenic lifestyle yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so like uh finally like do you do you have uh, like where's the best place to see you online? Like see your work and, and check out what you're up to. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I just um, I just updated, got my website updated. So anthonylister.com. So you see a bunch of exhibitions and a bunch of public work, and there's a link from that onto my Instagram, which is kind of like what I hit at every day. So I think that's that's the main um, places I feed shit to on on the internet. I saw you got some uh, interesting items for sale on there. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. And also there's an interview with Marcel Duchamp about, um, you know, the ready-made and about um, his exploration into, you know, being an impressionist painter at the age of 15 to being a 70-year-old man exhibiting bicycle wheels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll have a read tomorrow. Yeah, do. Yeah, it's uh, it's the link that says the message is the message and then just go straight to a YouTube um, uh, interview. Oh, cool. I might watch it after this. 
Um, is there anything else you want to uh, say? Anything you want to say to the world? Here's oh, a chance, man. Okay. Hello, world. Um, you've been wonderful. Um, keep being wonderful. Goodbye, world. <laughs> How's that? Good. Short and okay, sweet. Cool. To the point. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Hi, kids. Uh, hi, Uncle Back, back at home. Uh, hi, double kids. Uh, and I was just going to go into uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, quotations then. Nice. You know, when Mike TV is just waving at the TV, he's like, hey, mom, hey. You know the one? Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, so that's me. Imagine that. He's like, hey, hey. That's yeah. me in the world, to the okay. world. All right. Well, we'll cool. leave it there. Thanks, Mike All right, TV. beautiful. Yeah, thanks. All right. <laughs> awesome, Tom. Really, really cool to hang out for 50, 50 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, while you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.